0: On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, let's talk about how Jalen Williams is a perfect fit for the OKC Thunder and dive into Chet Holmgren against Jabari Smith, Jr. All of that and more coming up on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day.
1: You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Let's get it going on the On Thunder Podcast, on the On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod and email the show, Lothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to dive into the first game in the Las Vegas Summer League for the Oakland City Thunder, who took on the Houston Rockets in Jabari Smith Jr. It was Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith Jr. It was all the highlights and all the popping circumstances you could want. And it lived up to the billing in this one. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. But online is where the game starts. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning, every single day. We're here for you talking Thunder basketball. And so let's talk about the game as a whole. So obviously you had the headliner. You had Jabari Smith Jr. against Chet Holmgren. Pick number two against pick number three. But let's talk about the game details. So Jalen Williams of Arkansas did not play J-Will, but he did sign his contract. He signed a four-year deal uh, just like Jeremiah Robinson Earl. So what this does, uh, we don't know the exact terms of when these things happen, but it will include uh, an, an option for the team to get out of the contract early via the non-guaranteed money and uh, via team options as well. So uh, it'll r- really be two years guaranteed and then two years that are not guaranteed just as Jeremiah ramos deal is. Uh, but hopefully for Jay will he can perform to the level where Jerry played and just kind of make it to the moot point. The Thunder, you know, probably not going to want to get out of that Jerry contract anytime soon because he's such a good value piece for them uh, on that bargain contract. So uh, congratulations to him for signing that deal. And that kind of puts the, Questions to bet around what his contract will look like. Uh, obviously, they did fill both two-way slots before they signed him, um, so that's officially over with. Uh, so Eugene Amore and Lindy Waters are the two-way slots, and then Jalen Williams signs a real NBA standard contract. Uh, Vic Critchy and Poku also not playing this game. No, you know, no real reason why they didn't play. Uh, obviously, the plan going in was to have none of the you know, traditional guys play in Vegas, at least not Poku or Josh Giddy, But for some reason... Josh Giddey played in this game. So Josh Giddey did play. Uh, Trey Mann did play. Trey Mann more explainable because uh, he had the COVID stuff, uh, the health and safety protocol stuff that, that kept him out of those first few games in Salt Lake City. So you know he, he didn't get to play in two of the three games in Salt Lake City. So getting him more time in Summer League to not waste his time for just one game uh, kind of made sense. For Josh Giddey, it was a curveball. It, it was a welcome change, obviously, uh, from the original plan. And we got to see him play another game. I'm not sure if he'll play tonight uh, or if that was his last game. It, 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 it sounded like you know, Giddy wanted to play, but the Thunder weren't so sure about that. So we'll see what happens tonight against Orlando. I hope he plays, but again, we'll see what happens tonight. So the lineup was Giddy, Mann, Wiggins, Williams, J-Dub, and uh, Chet Holmgren. That was the starting group for the Thunder. For the Rockets, they start Dasha Nix, Josh Christopher, Anthony Lamb, Terry and and uh, Tari Eason, and, and Jabari Smith, Jr., Obviously, the big thing and the big storyline of this whole summer league is going to be Chet Holmgren. And he stood out in this game in a big way with 12 points, um, 6 of 6 from the line, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. Now, his efficiency scoring the ball was not there. But the fact he was able to get to the line helped him get double-digit points and helped him, you know, of course, score the basketball. The thing about that is he has looked stellar at the free-throw line. Like he has been fantastic shooting the ball. I don't think he's missed a free throw yet, obviously um, in Salt Lake city or in these, this one game at Vegas. That is just another indicator that the shooting is real, that he's legitimately a really good shooter. And there were some hesitations about that as recently as a month ago, right? How will he shoot in the half court set. He got most of the threes on transition buckets, things like that. Look, His shot is real. His jump shot looks smooth. It looks guard-like. And his free throws are telling you he's going to be able to shoot the ball. And while the efficiency was not there in this game, and he went 0 for 1 from 3 in this game, and he shot 30% from the floor in this game, in general, he will be able to shoot the ball. But his defense was great again. He had four blocks and multiple alterations at the rim. And I think what stands out the most about Chet Holmgren's blocks is is not the gaudy numbers of having six blocks in game one, four blocks in this game, right It's the fact of the dictation of those blocks right and, and the measurement of those blocks, right if, if Chet Holmgren wanted to make a statement and wanted to just embarrass somebody, he could swap the ball into the fifth row. He could do that. I mean he, he could he could spike the ball out out of play. But instead of going for that embarrassing highlight reel play, instead of going for that highlight reel play, Chet Holmgren just almost catches the ball in air, in midair. Or he kind of softly tips it to himself to where he's still in control of the play. And that can turn a block into a transition bucket. And then that heavily impacts two possessions instead of one. And if you do that four or five times in a game, that's a game-changing aspect it's a game-changing aspect if you're if you're changing two possessions at a time four or five times per game. So I, I love to see what, how he gets those blocks and what he does with those blocks. They're not just, oh, great, I blocked out of bounds, and, and, and this is so cool, but now they're inbounding below the basket, and now they flared out to the corner on that inbound for three, they popped the three, and they got three points out of the deal nonetheless. Like, it's no, we've not only ended your possession we sparked our own possession, and Jalen Williams is down the floor right now dunking the basketball. Stuff like that is very impactful for OKC. Now, it is Summer League, and you don't want to take too much from Summer League. You don't want to look too much into Summer League. All of those qualifiers out the window. What stood out to me the most about Summer League for Chet Holmgren, Game 1 was great compared to Dirk in Game 1. Got the love from Kevin Durant after Game 1. The bromance between him and Josh Giddy were great. The chemistry looks to be there. What stood out the most to me is, I think after you sit down and watch these three games from him, because he didn't play that third game against Salt Lake City, in Salt Lake City. After you watch these first three games from him, I think that you can clearly see a calmness. You should have a calmness after watching these games. As, much, as recently as a month ago, we were concerned, Shet Holmgren... Might be Darko, right? Might be just this bust that just is out of the league in a few years and just can't play. Because of the frame, because of the awkwardness, because of, you know, we've never seen it before, so we don't want to believe it. We can debate his ceiling all day long. We can debate him versus Paulo versus Jabari. We can debate if he can ever become a number one guy or a superstar or whatever. To me, what's been solidified in Salt Lake City and in Vegas, what's been solidified over Summer League is Chet Holmgren is an NBA player. And Chet Holmgren can play in this league and start in this league and be a very good player in this league. I now feel very confident that Chet Holmgren's bust potential, Sands' injury, you know, if, if he gets hurt, obviously no one can predict that. So without predicting injury, his bust potential, it's like a 5% chance that he busts out. He's got a 95% chance to at least stay in the league and be a competent and a a very high-level contributor. And then he's got however much percent you believe of a ceiling, right? Do you think that he can reach a ceiling by, you know, 10%? Is, is there a 1% chance he gets the ceiling? Whatever his ceiling is to you, he's still got that as well. So while I won't make very many sweeping judgments, right, over Summer League and off of Summer League about what he can be in his NBA career at the tippity top, I will say Washington in Summer League, I'm very confident in his bottom, you know, the the floor of his career moving up and and, and kind of alleviating some of that stress of, well, you know, if we've never seen him perform before, what if he doesn't pan out in the NBA? What if it doesn't translate to the NBA? He's going to translate. It's just a matter of how much he'll translate. Will he be a starting level player? Will he be a a number one option, will he be a star, an all-star, superstar, what will he be in the NBA? But he's going to be in the NBA for many, many, many years to come because that shooting is real, uh, that rim protection is real. He is the real deal. And we've gotten to see little glimpses of what I've been talking about with the you know high post stuff that the Thunder like to do, the, the DHO stuff he did with, with uh, Josh giddy in the high post. Imagine how that can open up if you're doing dribble handoffs with with SGA as well. So that'll be a lot of fun to watch progress over the year. So very calm about Chet Holmgren right now, and that's going to be a weird phrase to say as we're all riding high off that game one, like we we don't want to become, we want to be over the top, but I'm very calm about Chet Holmgren because I still believe in that tippity-top ceiling, but but now it's very clear, if it wasn't clear already, that he will not be just a bust in the NBA. Let's talk about our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. But Online is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find the latest sport developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's uh, Major League Baseball season, All Star game, all that fun stuff. Bet Online is your community source for all your sports wager information, including betting, esports, and scores. Bet Online is the best spot for your sports scores, podcasts, music, and news. Plus, it has MMA, boxing, and golf. So check it out. BetOnline, where the game starts. It's this easy, folks. You type in BetOnline.net. You go to their sports book, and their sport book just loaded for me. You go down to basketball. This is how easy it is. And let's gander down at the Thunder. The Thunder are plus one against the Magic. So they're underdogs right now. Now that's mainly because we're not sure if Josh is going to play or not. But if you somehow have inside info and Josh Giddy's going to play, I would hammer that plus one uh, for the Thunder against the Magic if you want to. So check it out today. Bet online
1: Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team's every day. I am your host, Rylan Stiles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter at Lothunderpod. Email the show, Lothunderpod at gmail.com. Let's continue talking about the Thunder taking on the Rockets. We talked Chet Holmgren. Now let's talk Josh Giddy. Giddy, 14 points, 8 assists, 4 rebounds. He shot 40% from the floor, 0 for 3 from 3. His rim finishing continues to be just glorious in summer league. We've talked about that the last few podcasts. He missed a shot at the rim at the buzzer that would have tied the game and went to overtime, and he looked furious, right? He looked furious at that. And I just love that passion that he plays with, even in you know a, a, a quote-unquote meanless summer league game, right? Obviously, rings are on the line and stuff, but still, for all intents and purposes, it doesn't really matter if you win summer league or not. Uh, and so, but but he still wanted to win every game he plays in, and I love that attitude from uh, Josh Giddey. The assists were great. Uh, he, he he had more assists out there than just eight. Like if if, if guys hit their shots, he's he's at the 10, 11, 12 uh, mark in these assists, but. Josh Giddy is an excellent passer, as always. Four rebounds, 14 points. Now, uh, turnovers, he had uh, five of them. That gets alleviated once you're in an actual NBA environment with your actual NBA team. Now, I know that there's you know, the jokes about how this is the Thunder team. Well, you're missing a key piece in that, right? You're missing SGA. Like, you're able to swarm Josh Giddy whenever he has the ball, whenever he steps inside the three-point line, because there's no threat of SGA next to him. You're going to save that swarming for SGA, right? So these will start to balance out. And we, we've seen Josh Giddy play in the NBA before we've seen him. And he typically, you will know, we'll turn the ball over three times and shale turn the ball over three times. And that's kind of how the turnovers balance out. And, and that's kind of the, that's kind of it. Whenever you're, whenever you're the only playmaker on the floor in the sense of a half court, you know, ball dominant playmaker. And that's kind of been your responsibility and only your responsibility. Um, this whole time, obviously defenses can key on, on that, um, in a big way. And then the Rockets are very active, uh, both in the passing lanes and also aggressive swiping at the ball. And we're able to knock the ball loose. And of course, great turnover. So credit to them. But again, I'm not concerned about turnovers. I think that his dribble actually looks a lot better than it did, uh, four months ago. I think that he, he's dribbling the ball better, tighter, faster, everything. Um, and the passing of course is still great. It's just the nature of the beast of, Hey, we know that guy's the best playmaker on the floor. Let's just attack that guy and storm that guy. Whereas if you do that with um, Shay on the floor, sure, attack Josh Giddy. Well, Josh Giddy's just going to dribble, pick it up, pass it out to wherever she is on the floor because he can score all three levels, and bada-bing, bada-boom, it's over. Like, like you're not going to do that anymore. So I'm not too concerned about that with Josh Giddy and the turnovers. Now, he did go over three from three, and, of course, he's not shooting the ball well from three in this summer league. And, and I've seen some people panic about that or get concerned about that. I'm here to tell you, I'm not concerned a bit. And that's not because I'm a homer. It's because li- there's, there's logic behind it. Number one, just flat out, you're not going to fix a broken jump shot in the sense of you're not going to fix a bad three-point shooter in the span of four months. You're just not. You're just not. He's the youngest player on the team, 2nd youngest player on the team, whatever it is. He's, he's still very, very young, number two. And most importantly to me, not only has it only been four months, not only is he still very young, he's acknowledged the problem. So by all accounts, Josh Giddey is a very hard worker. Josh Giddey cares about basketball more than anything in the world, right? Josh Giddey is just this, this guy who wants to be the best ever. He has that, that instinct about him. And he's acknowledged the problem. He's working with Mike Wilkes. He's trying to change his jump shot. He's trying to improve. There are players out there who think they're the best already, don't acknowledge their issue, and don't fix their problems. And so they'll have the same weaknesses in their game for 12 years. Now, they're good enough to do it. They're good enough to stay in the league for 12 years with those same problems. Josh Giddy has acknowledged, I need to fix this. I need to change my jump shot. I need to change how I shoot the ball. So his willingness to change, his wanting to learn, his wanting to fix his jump shot or alter his jump shot in any sort of way, and, and comfortability with, hey, I might need to change the way I've shot for my whole life but it'll be better in the long run. That comparability gives me a lot of peace of mind about how eventually a year, two years, three years down the line, it'll be fixed or, or changed. And the fact also folks to close this all out. So, so far we've got young, we've got willingness to change and we've got, you can't do it in four months to, to ease your mind. This is the big one. That I think should ease your mind for Josh Giddey. What all he does, we've seen him be aggressive back the rim and, and adding that rim finishing to his bag. We've seen him be an elite passer since the day he stepped on the floor. We've seen the dribbling improve. We've seen the defense improved, you know, in four months at the summer league. And of course it's just summer league. For all that he can do on the floor, fixing Josh Giddy's jump shot is not making him a 40% three-point shooter. He hasn't got to go from 27%, 23% to 40. He's got to go to 32, 33 35. If he can just become average, then everything opens up for him. If he can just become respectable from three, then everything opens up for him in the Thunder. So I've got a guy who's very young, who wants to change, who wants to work, who wants to get better at it, and who wants to improve, and has the skill set to where the improvement is not based upon can he do it at an elite level. The improvement is based upon can he get to average. Can he get to average. So for all of those reasons, I'm not going to freak out that he's still missing jump shots four months after the season ended. He's working with Mike Wilkes. He's working with the Thunder. He's working with his guys. He's trying to fix it. It's not going to happen in four months. It'll happen in a year or two or three. But I, again, he just has to get to average. Now, if we're in year five and we're still having this conversation, if we're in year you know, three or whatever, we're still having this conversation, yeah, then I think that it's going to be, you know, A sort of, you know, a problem, obviously. But today, on July 11th, the year of our Lord, 2022, I'm not going to be concerned about it. I'm not going to be worried about it. Because he's adding different things to his game as well. So, let's just take what he's added, compliment that, and then for for the jumper and stuff, there's reasons behind it. There's a method to the madness, right? Now, if he was already playing a complete game and that's just the only thing he had to work on, and he still didn't work on that, then that's a different conversation. But I'm very comfortable with the way that Josh Giddey's progressing. So I would not necessarily freak out about the lack of efficiency shooting the ball um, or scoring the ball at all in this in these last four games. I just wouldn't. Coming up, let's talk Jalen Williams, let's talk Trey Mann, and let's talk how the Thunder lost this game to the Rockets in uh, thrilling fashion. It was a very fun game, a very entertaining summer league game. Uh, that uh, you should go back and watch if you missed it or just go, go back and watch it because it was so entertaining. Uh, they'll play again tonight also. It's preview tonight's game against the Magic at 8 p.m. Central Time on ESPN. You've got Paolo, you've got Chet, you've got everybody uh, involved in this game. So check it out. Now, coming up, let's talk about Jalen Williams and Trey Mann. But first, let's hear it right now. I'm get friends over at rockauto.com, folks. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving you auto parts online for 20 years. That's right. 20 years ago. You could have been going to Auto rockauto.com and finding all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. So, I want to tell you a story. I know nothing about cars. And I wouldn't know how to change my brake line at all. However, I, I did know how to go to rockauto.com type in my make, my model, my year, and they only show me brake lights that will fit in my vehicle. So I went on there, bought the brake light for very cheap and affordably, got it in the mail, asked a buddy to put it in, bada bing, bada boom, I got a brake light back in order. So like it, it's very easy to use, even for someone like me who knows nothing about cars. Check it out today, rockcar.com. Tell them Lockdown sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us box. So rockcar.com, amazing selection, reliably low prices of the purchase car we need, rockcar.com.
1: Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: We are back on the Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your team's every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore styles. Follow the show on Twitter at thunderpod. Let's talk Trey Mann, let's talk Jalen Williams, let's talk the Thunder basketball uh, game against the Houston Rockets. So Jalen Williams, 58% shooting from the floor, 0 for 2 from 3, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 steals, and a block. Jalen Williams was incredible. He led the team in points. His defense really stands out. He's played very, very good defense in this, you know, kind of summer league session in Salt Lake City and in Vegas. He's been great playing the passing lanes. He's been great rotating in a timely manner. He's been great in isolation whenever he has to. And he even did really good whenever he gets in situations where he's stuck in the dunker spot or stuck in the low block or stuck in the restricted area. And he still did a good job of competing at the rim and altering shots at the rim and defending the rim very well whenever he needs to. Obviously, you don't want him playing the five. But if there's a switch and if something happens, he's shown he can make it work for two, three, four possessions a game, whenever that might happen. So you can feel very comfortable with him playing a team-style defense, a switchable-style defense uh, that the Thunder want to play. So his defense has stood out in a great way. Also, his off-ball scoring. It's been awesome. Um, you know, he doesn't need the ball to impact the game. He's a play finisher. Whether he needs to isolate and score, or he needs to cut to the rim, or he needs to catch and shoot, he's displayed that greatly throughout these these three, four games in, in, in Summer League. I think that Jalen Williams is a perfect fit for the Thunder. He's a perfect fit for what the Thunder want to do, both in playing fast, playing up-tempo, uh, playing versatile, having multiple playmakers on the floor, grabbing and going off the rim on rebounds, but also just, you take a step back, let's see how this thing is going to work in the playoffs, right? Let's talk about the playoffs, which is however many years on the line. Shea is your catalyst. He's your ISO score. Josh Giddey is your distributor. Jalen Williams is your play finisher. Whenever... It's a half-court setting, and the game slows down in the playoffs. And, and And Shea goes to the rim, and he's swarmed by four defenders. Who's he looking to kick out to? Jalen Williams. It's, he's a perfect guy to kick out to for three. Catch and shoot has been off the charts. It was off the charts in college, shooting 40%. But off the charts so far uh, in Summer League. And whenever you kick it out to him, he's also been able to catch and drive to where now guys are starting to sprint out there, and he just goes around them and goes and scores at the rim. And if you get in a scenario where you're playing half-court offense and the defense is doubling Shea and you need to find a way to free him up and get him going, you can put the ball in Jalen Williams' hand and have Williams be a scoring threat with the ball in his hands, but also get the ball back to Shea with less pressure on him from the defense. I think that Jalen Williams is a seamless fit into what the Thunder want to do, and you're not sacrificing defense for that offense. We're talking about Jalen Williams as an off as an offensive player and showing what all he can do that, that most players in this roster cannot. Let's be let's let's be frank. Most players on this roster cannot play at an offensive level the way that Jalen Williams can. But you're not sacrificing the defense because he can still play so well in the passing lanes, because he can still rotate so well, because he can still p- apply pressure through him so well, because he can still play isolation defense so well. Jalen Williams is the perfect player for the Thunder. And this draft pick was knocked out of the park. You take away. The the, the the pre-draft perception, you take away all that and just look at it as how he fits with the Thunder and who was picked behind him and everything else. Jalen Williams was a perfect pit, pick for OKC. I just, I cannot wait to see him play with the actual Thunder roster and with the actual Thunder team. I think that he's going to be uh, excellent in OKC. Now, let's talk Trey Mann. Trey Mann has already played in OKC, obviously, had that fantastic rookie year, scored like what? He had like what? 330 pieces, uh, you know, 330 balls uh, in his rookie year. You take his rookie year, you can make so many highlights out of it, and I'm very excited for his future. I think that he can be a great, you know, sixth man. I think that he can be somebody who truly um, impacts your bench scoring and truly lifts your team, right? Again, think about the playoffs. How many times do we see that last era of Thunder Basketball where and rush off the floor and now the offense just cannot score a bucket and now you've lost all the ground you've gained. Same thing in the, in the OK3 era, same thing in the, in the rest Paul George era. How many times do you see that happen? Trey Mann can alleviate that. He can stop the dam from breaking once you take out your stars as a sixth man. And so am I worried that he's shooting poorly in summer league? No, because he's just chucking the ball up there. He's just trying new things. He's just trying to take difficult shots and make difficult shots. And he's having a bad shooting night. He's, he had a bad shooting uh, percentage last summer league, and we saw how that turned out in his rookie year. Summer league is for trying new things. Do you remember whenever the Thunder had Terrence Ferguson being the point guard in summer league? How'd that work out? So he had ten points. So it was due to getting the line, you know, getting to the line nine times, he made eight of the nine free throws, uh, and then scored one shot from the floor. Went zero for five from three. Obviously, as I've been saying, would you rather your players look good than bad? Yes, but when they look bad, you know, when they look bad on the surface with their shooting numbers, you have to look at the context of. He's taking some difficult shots. Now, of course, he's missing some good, you know, some open looks, but he's taking some difficult shots. And he's and he's trying to be just this incredible, you know, kind of spark plug score without the again spacing and you know traditional uh threats he's gonna have around him in the NBA. So like you'd rather the shots go in than out, but I'm not going to just throw the baby out with the bathwater over a summer league session. Whenever I have a whole rookie season of him performing well, especially down the stretch of that year, you know, after Christmas, like he, he was, he was awesome. So like, I'm not concerned at all about his three point shooting, uh, but Aaron Wiggins, Aaron Wiggins is a guy who you should not have on your roster bubble. I see fans all the time on Twitter asking me who who do you think the Thunder are gonna cut? Who's gonna who's gonna make the final team? I think that they're gonna cut this guy, this guy, this guy, and, and then they always throw Wiggins in the maybe category, or, or even just cut him outright in their roster projections or roster questions. He should not be a guy that's even on the bubble for you. He is a winning player. His defense, his shooting. He never plays outside himself. He never tries to do too much. Twelve points, four rebounds, a steal, a block. Two for two from three. Fifty-five percent from the floor. He is the perfect. Swing piece for or the rotation. What, are we, what do I mean by that? So Wiggins, he can play defense at a high level. Remember last year, I was just I was just praising him for his defense. That rookies do not typically play defense at that high of a level. He's only going to get better defensively, especially with the coaches around him in OKC like Cam Woods. So he's going to get better defensively. He's shooting the ball at a high clip. He's shooting the ball insanely right now, and and, and shot league average or, you know shot some average percentage last year. Like he's he's really good at shooting. He's a pretty typical three and D guy. And by swing piece, he can either be a 3 and D guy for your bench unit and and play and match up with their top bench score on the other team and then come down the floor and shoot 35% from three or better um, on offense, or somebody gets hurt, you need to switch things up depending on the matchup, he can just spot start you a couple games or 20 games or whatever a season, however much you need him. So like the depth he provides, he's not going to be a guy who's relegated to the bench. He's also not going to be a guy who's solidified in your starting group. He's going to be that seventh guy that can just swing in or out, in or out of your starting rotation or your bench piece, you know, or your bench you know, lineup. But he is for sure a winning player and he's for sure a guy who should have a future in this NBA and have a future with the Thunder. Like he is what the Thunder have needed for a very, very, very long time. And so I am very excited with Aaron Wiggins. And I think that he's a player that won't make the highlights and won't make the highlight packages. And he's a player that I think will benefit even more in, the term, in terms of through fans' eyes and through the fan lens. You will respect him more. You'll kind of realize how impactful he is more once this team starts winning, once this team wants to try to go to the playoffs, once this team gets to that stage. That'll change the perception around him greatly whenever you see him in those environments. Usman uh, Jiang, of course, uh, struggled to shoot the ball. I think Brandon Rebar said it best on Twitter. He has the prettiest jump shot that never goes in, uh, but I think it'll go in eventually. And, and again, I've been saying it all summer league. If two of those five threes go down and and one more shot from the floor goes down inside the arc, this looks like a totally different game. And we're just praising Usman Jing a lot. So like eventually he'll have one of those games and eventually he will be uh, kind of a, a breakout player in summer league. I believe now, now, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I've been wrong before. It's not happened often, but I have been wrong before. Uh, and, uh, Maybe he never has that breakout, but I still think a breakout might be coming. So let me know what you think about Summer League down below, and we'll talk again tomorrow after the game against Orlando. What are you most looking forward to today against the Magic? Find out on tomorrow's show. How that wrapped up on On Thunder. Anywhere you get your podcast from five days a week. Make sure you subscribe, subscribe, subscribe for free across all platforms, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good, and be good to one another.
1: Hey, Prime members.